is straight to the source, your destination for food, views and big ideas. Brought to you by two of the best in the business, Tonya Barr and Lucy Allon. Join them to discover some of Australia's most dynamic food, hospitality and agribusiness leaders. Hello and welcome to Food, Views and Big Ideas. I'm Tonya Barr. And I'm Lucy Allen. And this is the podcast from us here at Straight to the Source. In this podcast, we will be introducing you to the people who are driving our food and hospitality industry forward. Whether it be on the land, in the water, in the kitchen or from the boardroom. Each of our guests are playing a significant role in the evolution of Australia's food identity and culture. And we want you to know who they are, their views and their big ideas. We're coming to you today from Camaragal land and we'd like to begin by paying our respects to Elders past, present and emerging and we extend that respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people here today. So as our regular listeners will know, Tonya, Straight to the Source is all about creating, supporting creativity and innovation in the world of food. So we're really excited to bring you today's podcast in partnership with Unox Australia. We've um, we've known those guys for many years, and they're known for their innovative and cutting-edge technology in the commercial kitchen with their ovens, and now they've got their hot fridge, which is fascinating. And it's absolutely, we're pleased that they're supporting the, the concept consumer program that we're going to be launching soon. More on that later, but it does tie in to our next guest, so it is very exciting. Yeah, so concept, well, I'm just going to touch on concept to consumer for a minute because it is an exciting program it's we've designed it for chefs and producers who want to develop safe food product ranges which really isn't as easy as it sounds we've heard from Alice Zazafsky when we had a chat with her how difficult it is to produce products and we'll hear the same from our guest today it's not as simple as just cooking a sauce and putting it in a jar so it's been really great to work with the team at Quantal Bioscience to combine all their knowledge and experience needed to create safe food product ranges and put it into an accessible course online. Yes, it certainly does. And today we're chatting to Sydney-based um, chef Mishy Powell. Mishy's been a chef for over 20 years, working all over the world as a personal chef for clients, as well as some of the best restaurants. Hello, Mishy. Hi. You're not sitting in your ice bath. I am not. However, I did jump in it just quickly before this chat just to awaken the senses. Do you do it every day? Do you jump in every day? I would like to say that I do, but I don't. You know, I think it's just a matter of being disciplined and finding the time. So, yeah, but I'm trying to add a little bit more self-discipline and to look after myself a little bit better because being a small business owner you can constantly work constantly. You guys would know that. Mm. Yeah. So, there are never enough hours in the day when you're running your own business. Yeah, exactly. And um, Mishy, yeah. I mean, you have a fast-growing food product business called Naturally Sauced. And this, is, this has kind of been your COVID baby, hasn't it? It has. It started, I had um, left my position as a co-head chef and a part business owner uh, in a restaurant here in Sydney called Bistro Rex. And I had resigned and left my position in the January before COVID started. And then I gave myself permission to take a mental break and check out and not think about anything for the future and give myself three months off. And I really did that. I didn't think about what I was going to do, but then, you know, a global pandemic happened and COVID hit And for the first time in my life, I actually felt unemployable as a chef. 
So it got that idea happening in the back of my mind that I've been thinking about for a very long time and it gave me the determination, I guess, to give it a go and see what happens. And my partner had went out and bought me a secondhand Thermomix because I was starting to kind of lose myself Mm -hmm. and she spent $500 on that and my parents had given me a cryvac bag machine which they had bought from Audi and no one was using it so at the time I was given these two pieces of equipment and I started to create in my two-bedroom apartment in Potts Point and yeah I threw $500 in and two and a half years later I'm now in retail stores and bouncing around at different farmers markets, definitely have a different lifestyle to working in a restaurant, that's for sure. <laughs> Still long hours, just different ends of the day. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so just to take a little step back, what, what do you mean by you felt unemployable as a chef? Because I think a lot of people have, we know in the industry have felt that, but just explain for our listeners what, what that meant to you. Well, I've always been in hospitality and like Tonyam and myself, we both started at KFC <laughs> Um, which, thanks for that you know, yep. it's and I would em, I would employ anyone with fast food experience yeah. especially yeah. from you know the top three yeah and so I've always been in hospitality and I was at Kentucky Fried Chicken for about three years after I'd finished school and I barely got my year 10 certificate and I really loved the environment and I was very passionate about team sports as well at the same time so that's what was drew me to hospitality. Um, I liked food, but I loved the team environment even more so. And I think that's what Kentucky Fried Chicken, you know, it it gives you procedures and it's very regimented and strict and there's a really strong customer service element. Which is important, yeah. And there's a strong camaraderie between, you know, front of house, back of house and the team. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, and then I couldn't say KFC forever. So my my cousin was like, why don't you become a, a chef? There's this job going on in Parramatta. It was called Barnaby's at the time. Oh, I remember um, Barnaby's, Michael Fisher. Michael Fisher was my boss Aww. for four years. So I did my apprenticeship there and it was a love-hate relationship with the apprenticeship. It was six months I loved it, six months I just wanted to leave. And then I had people in my life at the time going, if only you stick to this, you can travel the world. Mm. And I stuck with it. And then I moved into the city and then I guess the rest was history. So it really is. It is a ticket to the world, isn't it? Because you realise that it's a transportable skill that you can take wherever and apply wherever. So, you know, for people struggling with their apprenticeships and their pathways, it's a really important thing to remember. Yeah, so I've always thought, you know, that I would always have a job. I would always have a job in hospitality, even if I didn't want to be in it, but there was I was always employable. Mm -hmm. So, But then COVID hit and, you know, life went down and, I got scared and that's what kind of pushed me to start this business. And, and over the years, I've always been asked as a chef, you know, can you, can you please make the salad dressing or could you make the gravy and all that sort of stuff? And, and I know myself when I'm cooking within my, my own environment, it's like you put in all this love and effort into the whole meal and then by the end of it and your guests have arrived, you're like, oh, I've got no dressing, I've got no <laughs> gravy. Um, and, you know, I would never 
particularly buy a sauce back in the past because of all of the different ingredients and, you know, the ingredients that we don't understand. So I designed Naturally Sourced and the mission is is simple, is to make you eat well, waste less and feel good naturally. It's a great mission and I think it's a really nice, um, you know, you're the master of your own destiny now which I guess is what you were saying when you felt unemployable you felt at the mercy of this industry that had just disappeared overnight because of the pandemic and and you were taking you took steps to to be able to have control over your future by bringing your amazing business to life yeah and you've put this effort into the actual product but the packaging is just as equally as important isn't it yeah it is and I've this kind of passion with the Waste Less program, um, when I was working as the head chef at Bistro Rex, we were trying to save money in and look at ways of saving money. And I was absolutely blown away by the rubbish bill. Yeah. I was like, this is just nuts. There is just so much packaging everywhere. And how can we, you know, stop all of this from going into landfill and let's love Mother Nature and it was a it was almost a full-time job when I was trying to implement new procedures of ways of not only saving the planet but saving packaging and and money. And then I started with naturally sourced and I actually did start with plastic vacuum sealed bags because that's what I'm used to and A I was in a very small apartment so I was like oh this is a great idea you know I could have 20 different you know flavors or you know and I could pack them really thinly in my own fridge and take them to market. And then I started to get customers going, oh, I would never buy that. It's in plastic. Right. And I'm like, actually, you are right. So then I started to look into glass jars and packaging. Now, not only is glass jars, it is accessible, but they're very heavy. Once you fill them up with, with sauce, and you're lugging them around to different farmers markets with your whole farmers market kit. Everything's just a little bit heavy. But then I started to look into the price of packaging and I was blown away going, this does not make sense. Not only does it cost me, a very small producer, money to buy this packaging, but we use it once, maybe twice. Maybe you keep your jars, maybe you don't, Um, but you throw it away. So it didn't make sense. So it was like, let's get rid of this plastic vacuum seal bags that we do use a lot in the professional environment. And I started to look into home compostable vacuum seal bags and that's where the Waste Less program came into it. And I was also helping people declutter their personal homes. It's one of my little... side hustle? Yeah, it's one of my little passions in life and it kind of started... I. I ended up moving to Los Angeles for a very short stint and I was trying to find a job in the hospitality industry and it was very, very challenging because I was illegal and it was hard to find jobs. So I ended up being a valet at the front of like pizza mozza. Like, oh, wow. And then I became a private chef, but I also turned into what I called the Australian Home Harmonizer where you could hire me to clean out your fridge, your kitchen cupboards, your wardrobe. So I did a bit of that. So I love I the way it was the Australian home harmonizer. Yeah. <laughs> was yeah. that the point of difference? Yeah, well, it is. It's like you know, everyone loves an Aussie. Accent. Yeah. 
Oh, man, Um, I think you need to come to our house. (laughs) So then I was like, you know, so many Australians have so many glass jars that we just do not use. So if I was to able to create a source brand, a condiment range that where you can buy it in a glass jar, but then you buy the glass jar once, or if you're like many Australians that have a lot of jars underneath your kitchen sink, you could just buy the home compostable refill system. So essentially it is a condiment brand that doesn't trash the planet. So it's really, you know, dealing with single-use packaging and trying to eliminate that from our food supply. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So can we look back a bit with farmers markets? You just touched on that briefly. How is that how you started? Like when you when you decided to create this product under naturally sauce, did you immediately think of farmers markets as being the springboard for getting your products to market? Yes, yes. But again, another opportunity fell into my lap and I was invited to bring my product onto somebody else's market stand. And that is a very dear friend of mine from the industry, Derek Nicholson from Nicholson and Savile. And I presented my sources to him and he was like, oh my God, because he had also lost a lot of his business. Like he's one of the biggest suppliers here in Sydney to all the best restaurants. But all of a sudden he'd lost a lot of business as well. So he started a farmer's market and he was like, bring your sauces, Mish. I love sauces. So then through that, Derek gave me a, a shot and and then the rest has kind of been history. Like as a chef, I've always spent a lot of time at farmer's markets and I would wander around going, oh, I could really work here. <laughs> like, you know, all of these high vibe, um, beautiful, meeting beautiful producers and really high vibe quality products. Um, but, yeah, that's kind of how it started. And then business started to grow and then I utilised the Sydney Chef Exchange on Facebook and we needed a commercial kitchen to start growing. And then within half an hour I had a fully HACCP approved kitchen which I rented a bench from from a catering company that had also lost a lot of business. So, you know, there was, I guess, a real strong sense of community happening. Everyone helping everyone out. Yeah. 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 So how many products do you have in your range now? There is 10 in total with eight that have home compostable refills. And what was the first product? What was the first thing you made under naturally sourced? The first source, which is my number one seller that I was like, I need to get this out into Australia. I've never, like, I hadn't really seen it here. And that was Zug. My neighbor has that. She said to me like a couple of weeks ago, I've got this jar of Zug and I eat it on everything. And when I saw the jar, I was like, that's Mishy. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, it is the number one seller. It's a fresh green sauce. Um, I do call it the chimichurri of the north. Uh, It's a green sauce from the Yemen country. So they use it a lot in, uh, you know, in Israel. And yeah, it's really vibrant and zesty. It's got a little bit of jalapeno and coriander. So when I am doing the sales pitch at farmers markets, I'm like, would you like to try Zug? Oh, what's Zug? Do you like coriander? Some people have a really strong passion. Like you can actually buy a bumper sticker that says I hate coriander. (laughs) And then the second biggest seller, which was my second source, is the Harissa. So it's a Tunisian-style chili paste. It is actually a recipe from my friend's mum who is Tunisian, which I also met overseas. So, yeah. 
So when you first started developing these products, how did you know how long they would last? Well, I didn't really know. I just kind of did the chef Mm -hmm. thing where I would just leave it in my fridge and then taste it every few days. (laughs) Um, Check it for mould. Check it for mould. Mould is a big one Um, and fermentation. And I won't lie, it was playing on the back of my mind, taking it to market, going, I actually don't really know how long these products will last. So then So you really had to investigate, like that transition from being a chef and creating dishes that you're serving in the moment to then taking those creative ideas and and literally bottling them, jarring them. It's not quite as simple as just doing that as you discovered. It's not. And the source has been the easy part working as a chef in a professional kitchen in a restaurant or a cafe has been a very different experience to being a producer and you know there is lots of things that I I'm constantly learning I am there's been moments where I have you know made mistakes mistakes can mean money yeah there isn't a lot of money so yeah, but then you start talking to people and you meet, you know, really great people like yourselves and, you know, Tanya really helped me, you know, and give me some peace of mind and introduced me to Belinda Chapman. So, yeah. Peace of mind that you were on the right track? Peace of mind that I wasn't going to hurt anyone right. by mm. consuming my product. <laughs> <laughs> so what would you say to other chefs that are thinking about going out on their own or creating their own product? Is that something that you would say, go for it, man? It is just exhilarating or I've learned, I've learned these lessons, so let me spare you. I am always a true believer of, you know, you know, listen to your heart and and if it's something that you feel that you would like to indulge in, by all means go for it. Uh, running a business solo is extremely challenging. There is highs and there is lows and it can be extremely daunting and scary because it is a very different experience and you're constantly learning. So do you have a business partner now? I don't. I don't. So at the moment, currently, I am still producing all. So all of my sources, all 10 of them are all handmade still. I still do the deliveries. I wash the dishes. I am the marketing sales gal up early. Wearing all the hats. Yeah, I can get easily distracted as well. So time management's a really big one as well. And where do you see the business heading? Like what's your aspiration for it? So I'm kind of working on potentially just consolidating my range and really focusing on a few of the really big sellers and then potentially having some of them as specials. I am kind of at the stage, well, I have been evicted from my commercial kitchen because like a lot of hospitality businesses, they're all coming back to life. So they needed their space back. They're a big catering company and um, they're extremely generous and I'm forever grateful. 
and I will need my own space. So I do see a, I just want to kind of really help community, I guess. And one of the best things about working in the farmer's markets is that sense of community, especially through, you know, the last two years where we've, people have been in isolation and, and we've still been working and engaging and it's been a real eye-opener to what community is about. So I, I do a lot of home-cooked meals now and that kind of came about during COVID as well, like picking a destination and cooking to it and then creating these like curated dinner kits um, and then also teaching people how to use my sources as well and that that's that's turned out to be quite popular so yeah I think in the future I'm looking at creating my own space my own commercial kitchen maybe inviting a small producer to come in and share with me to you know help and help someone else grow a business as well yeah are you supplying food service at the moment I am not but it is in conversation yeah that's it so you're yeah. growing consumer base from the home delivery and the people that are using your products to create their meals at home. That's obviously growing and growing. Is yeah. that that's a whole new captive audience for you? Yeah, it is. And at the farmers market, I have a really strong customer base. You but have a strong kind of, presence at the no, farmer's well, market. We can see well, you, you know, 10 stalls down. No, it. let me take that back. We can hear you. <laughs> yeah, I love it. I love I love working with no shoes on. Sorry. <laughs> the, blades of, the blades of grass in between my toes. But I kind of, I started to think about how can I work this market stand more like a restaurant? It's like instead of, you know, I have those loyal customers that come and buy a $15 sauce or a you know, they buy two sources for $30 and I get $30 sale. But I was just like, how can I get my spend per head up? Yep. And, and also use your skills because you've got these incredible, you know, skills and experience to, of running a restaurant and cooking as a chef. And that's something people can enjoy at home through your home cooked meals. So it's the blend of all of yeah. those skill sets coming together. Well, actually, do you know what was the biggest inspiration for this kind of add-on to my naturally sourced business was the amount of food, amazing fresh produce that's either given to me or I rescue. Right. Because, you know, I, I, I can, you know, weeks I can get vegetables like beautiful box of organic carrots and I'm like, what am I going to do with all of this food? So then I just started creating and, yeah, it has really helped with my creative side because, you know, I'm just being blitzing and cooking out sauces for three years. So, yeah, it, it has and people don't want to cook anymore. Like I, like people are time poor. Yeah. You know, they use it as a hobby or, you know, they're, they're young families or, yeah, we're just really time poor again and, you know, and that's where the inspiration came from the sources as well was to like, you know, if you maybe don't have the skill set um, and you can you can cook really, really basic and you can pour over different flavours. I only also like to cook with extra virgin Australian olive oil and I, there's no canola oil in my kitchen at all and I really feel like and taste, it, I feel like it tastes, it feels different in the food. So that's kind of where the business is, I guess, heading. So 
working on a smaller condensed range to potentially hit the bigger market. And then, yeah, building a kind of sense of community with ready-made meals that are prepared with love and energy and high-quality ingredients. So you've been doing this, what, two years now? Almost two years? Yeah, it's over two years. So are you missing the kitchen? Are you missing the commercial kitchen, like the restaurant at all? Not really. I really love opening up new venues. I love being a part of the opening team. So with all these really great, amazing restaurants, popping up around town I'm like oh I would love to work here I would love to work here (laughs) Uh, but working in a commercial environment was especially a seven-day operation that was that was quite challenging and yeah I don't miss it and you know staffing is an issue yeah, definitely. Well. It's a big issue for the industry at the moment. It's so, a very big issue. So it doesn't sound like you're missing it, but if you reflect back on making that transition from restaurants to opening your own business, what would you have done differently with hindsight? Um, well, well, I never had that burning desire to open up a restaurant, to be honest. It just, it, the kind of opportunity fell into my lap and I was like, okay, let's, let's do this. And it was a really great experience. I don't know if I would do anything differently. I think, you know, everything that I've done in life is really shaped to where I am today. And, you know, I was involved in the Spice Temple, the Neil Perry restaurant group, and, you know, I was a part of the opening team for Sydney. I was the bar manager actually. And then I moved down to Melbourne and then we opened up Sydney Spice Temple. And then after a few months I was like, I I need to get out of this industry. Like I need a break. So I came back to Sydney and then I became the Australian home harmonizer again. <laughs> and then out of, and then and then so that that job turned into being the declutter home organizer to the house cleaner and I was like this isn't what I signed up for. <laughs> so then I messaged another really great, you know, Sydney female restaurateur here in Sydney, Bachi Moore, and who was also my boss at Spice Temple. And I messaged her saying but by out of curiosity, how much do you pay your cleaner up the road in Potts Point? She goes, oh, my God, I have just had this text message come through for an all-expenses-paid trip as a private chef to, to Greece for six weeks. Straight away, here you go, I thought of you. So I got in contact with this Sydney-based contact and I went for the interview and I didn't get it. And I walked away and a few days later, I just messaged saying, look, I'm really open. If who you've chosen doesn't come through, I can be there in a heartbeat. So I ended up getting this experience fall into my lap and I went to Greece for six weeks and then I worked as a chef and that was a really hard gig. That was breakfast, lunch and dinner for six weeks straight. Were you and on then, a boat? Were you on uh, a boat no, or, and a villa? A okay. Yeah, in a villa. And then at the end of it, I asked my boss if I could extend my trip to travel a little bit around Europe. And she said, oh, you can stay with us as long as you want. So I ended up staying with them for five years. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. It's quite an um, extension. Traveling around the world. So, you know, tying that back into me being an apprenticeship, 
you know, back in Barnaby's where I was a love, hate, someone told me to stick with it, you will travel the world. I traveled the world as a chef. Sure did. I love being creative. I love cooking really healthy, clean, simple food for people. And I I go around to the Sydney butchers and boutique kind of grocers and knock on the door and was like, hi, I'm Mishy. Can I introduce you to my sauce brand, Naturally Sourced? And then I give them a taste. Like, oh, all right, love, we'll give you a go. <laughs> <I was> like, <laughs> well, it's so, been successful because we've seen it popping on up on retail uh, shelves all over the place. Yeah, but you know, the biggest marketing tool has been word of mouth, definitely, especially in the farmers market environment. Mm-hmm. That's been great, and you know, the old school tastings in stores and yeah. So, yeah, you know, sometimes as a small business owner, I do feel slightly stretched. Sometimes I can have a really great weekend at the markets and I'm like, I'm the sauce queen. Yay, I'm so great. Like, oh, I've been so successful this weekend. And then Monday comes and I'm like, oh, my God, what am I doing with my life? (gasps) The highs and the lows, like you said. But I think, you know, every business owner experiences those. They're just, you know, different according to the business that you're in. So you're not the only one feeling them. You just, we're yeah. all, we're all small we're business all owners. We're all in this together. <laughs> we're all in this together. Exactly. <laughs> oh, Mishy, it's been so great having a chat to you. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast today. And congratulations on your sauces. They really are wonderful. And like I said, my neighbor just swears by her bottle of Zug. It's always there, ready to grab and, And you know, dress up her lunch, dinner. And you know my order every time I come to the market. My daughter is, um, yeah, but it's just one of everything. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, We're we're so thrilled. We're thrilled to um, have watched you on this journey and, and, um, yeah, look forward to what's next. Thank you. And thank you so much, both of you, for your support. And it it's really comforting knowing that you guys are there. You answer phone calls all the time, emails. You always give 110% Oh, back. thank you. So, well, it is. It's community, and that's what we are really, you know, building and believe in. So thank you. Thanks, guys. See you, babe. Nice Bye. to see you. Talk to you soon. Bye. Well, thank you so much for tuning in with us today. We really hope you enjoyed listening as much as we've enjoyed the conversation. You'll find links to anything mentioned in today's chat in the show notes. We have some extraordinary guests lined up, and we'd love for you to join us again. Please make sure you're following us on your favorite podcast app so you don't miss future episodes. We'd love feedback, good or bad, or perhaps a guest you'd love to hear from. Please just let us know. And the best way to stay up to date with what we're doing, who we're talking to, and where you'll find us around the country is to become part of our Straight to the Source community at straighttothesource.com.au forward slash community. Until next time.